0: Welcome to the CIO Evolution. In this podcast, we'll explore the chief information officer's role in executing a new ongoing leadership imperative, digital transformation that promotes agility and resilience. How do CIOs upgrade legacy networks? What are the financial challenges CIOs face? And what are the security measures that are required in the new work from anywhere mobile and cloud based world?
1: I'm your host, Chris Jablonski, Director of CXO Revolutionaries and Community. Today, I welcome back Dr. Ken Urquhart. He is the Global Vice President of 5G Strategy at Zscaler. He holds three degrees in physics and has held executive roles at Sun Microsystems, IBM and Microsoft. Ken, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Chris. Great to be back here. Hello, everyone.
1: Ken, last we spoke, you mentioned that Zscaler was a recipient of the Intel Network Builders 2022 Titanium Winner Circle because of 5G and edge work that uh, you and the team have contributed. Mm -hmm. What earned us that distinction? Let's start there.
2: Well, uh, it's a great honor. Intel calls out partners who add value to their ecosystem of uh, customers. You have to meet certain performance, feature benchmarks, be involved in cutting edge applications of their technology. You have to have solutions available, virtualized and cloud ready, uh, while additionally adding value at the uh, new edge computing environments and have 5G integration. It's all about driving next-gen solutions and transforming the network from device to edge to cloud. And I've been honored that Intel found uh, our technology uh, valuable at the edge in their uh, in 5G efforts, and that we're working together on some really exciting things. One of which we're going to announce at Mobile World Congress uh, Barcelona for security and critical national infrastructure. That's impressive. Well, Zscaler and Intel have been working together a long time as we uh, are all about performance in our solutions, all about consuming the latest technology from them. It's all about leveraging their unique capabilities to provide faster, better service to our customers because we are all about high data movement, high bandwidth, low overhead, low latency uh, solution. We can't be causing uh, you know, big delays, big problems in customer networks when they're using us to monitor their traffic to provide them with the highest levels of cybersecurity. We're essentially helping to establish that low
1: latency, high bandwidth edge environment mesh, if you will, of the
2: future with players like Intel. Absolutely. Cybersecurity does not stop in the cloud. It does not stop on the device. More and more, we're going to head out to the edge, meaning you're going to want to have, like Gartner, I think, said, 70% 70% of the data generated will be generated at the edge, consumed at the edge, analyzed at the edge. Things like, let's let's look at image identification. Uh, 4K cameras connected by 5G, and you want to know what's happening in the frame. And you put a deep neural network at the edge. It's inferencing, it's saying, I'm seeing the following things in your image. And then you want to act on that locally. That huge amount of data doesn't have to hit the cloud. But for the outcome from it, what things I see in the scene, the timestamps, that can go back to the cloud for further analysis as well as have action at the edge. And But you need cybersecurity on all that traffic, and we're there to provide it. What is uh, the relationship with
1: um, Open RAN, with some of the telecoms? Is this uh, a place where Intel and other traditional IT vendors are also stepping
2: foot in? Well, yes, Intel actually has uh, just focus on them for the moment has both a radio access network solution and a 5G core solution that they offer to partners to then add additional value and bring it to market. And we've been working with them on how you apply zero trust into both those parts of the solution, as well as, you know, we were also privileged uh, over this year to be able to contribute on uh, cybersecurity for Open RAN to this country, United States Enduring Security Framework. Yeah, I saw the report uh, that came from and NSA on the Open
1: RAN security assessment, which I believe Zscaler also participated in, right? Oh, yes. Well, speaking of telecoms, uh, you also mentioned that you visited the AT&T 5G lab in Texas. I believe that was just uh, about a month ago for joint 5G edge innovation work. What can you tell our audience
2: about the outputs from from that visit? Well, first of all, I wanted to thank AT&T for inviting me to their uh, 5G Digital Transformation Lab in Plano, Texas, and to see what they're up to with their uh, technology, their partner's technology, and how we could also integrate Zero Trust and Zscaler into those solutions. And that's an active area of discussion. AT&T is a great uh, Zscaler partner. You can uh, obtain our security through them, as many customers have and we look forward to extend that collaboration. The thing about 5G and edge, a couple of interesting aspects, private 5G for enterprise, you can do it entirely yourself, get your own radios, get your own 5G core and get your own edge compute, get your own radios and use uh, the United States citizens band radio spectrum uh, to transmit your data wirelessly. And that's a large expense. It's a new area unfamiliar to a lot of companies, and you have to provide your own cybersecurity end-to-end. With a telco, you can get the radios from them, you can get edge compute, you can use their core in the cloud, but you can still keep your data private and on-prem. We can provide zero-trust cybersecurity for those scenarios, but you can also do things like get licensed radio spectrum from them, which might be important depending on where you're located don't realize is the CBRS, Citizens Band Radio Spectrum, available for use to everyone, has tiers of access so that uh, there are paying customers who can get priority over that, over you. Uh, There can be cases where you're trying to use it and you'll be told there's the spectrum you want, the speed you want is not available. So licensing spectrum from a telco can get you around that. Doesn't mean it isn't as important when you're out in the middle of nowhere, say at a mining camp. Uh, it is more important when you're trying to run a factory in the middle of a city where there's a lot of others possibly needing to use the spectrum. The other thing with telcos, all those devices your employees have will get on those radios and go to the telco network and will not impact the information you're getting from your devices on your private 5G network. So there's kind of a double win there. And not to get too far into the actual solutions, but is it
1: Zscaler private access that's in focus when we're working with um,
2: these uh, these 5G participants? Uh, Full-stack, meaning Zscaler private access for private workloads sitting on the edge, sitting in the cloud, uh, but you also will have cases where you'll want to connect out to your software as a service partners, in which case you'll need uh, Zscaler internet access. Since you're adding a new network on, you know, 5G network is yet another network added onto your enterprise. The ZDX, the Scalar Device Experience, can also be very useful in troubleshooting where the bottlenecks are to make sure all that data you're going to move around at the edge gets where it needs to be with as little uh, difficulty as possible. And with as
1: minimal contribution to any attack surface, which leads me to the next topic, uh, which is cybersecurity. We also talked about the cybersecurity market and how it will shake up as security products, say, converge and superior solutions start to weed out players. So consolidation should reduce complexity, cut costs, and improve efficiency, leading to to overall better security. But at the same time, consolidation is a challenge. You know, it could take years to achieve, And at the same time, attackers are getting smarter. They too are using automation, creating business models to find exposures and vulnerabilities that they could exploit. So what does the confluence of these two trends mean
2: for security and IT leaders? Yeah, consolidation in any industry is almost inevitable. It is always customer driven. If you need to buy five or six different technologies and integrate them yourself, You'd rather buy them from one source, one point of contract, one point of support. It also helps in cost efficiencies. When one company provides you the stack, there's an economy of savings that you get. And the other one is customers tell uh, their companies they source from, they say, I'm paying you X, I'm paying other companies Y. Why aren't you putting that feature into your offering? Because then I can pay you X plus a small percent instead of X plus Y. I learned this 30 years ago. It's how companies come to dominate markets, the ones who can get there faster to give what customers want in an integrated stack. There's also, uh, you know, efficiencies associated with that. When you use multiple solutions, you typically linearly pass through each solution. Your data goes through a long sequential series of tests and examinations. Whereas when you're getting it from a single partner that integrates, all those pieces fit together and can often be applied in parallel. I mean, this is what we do in our zero trust exchange is we apply everything from data loss prevention to ransomware detection to uh, packet filtering, all done in parallel. It's one of the reasons you get that high efficiency with us and we're being driven by our customers to do more so yeah it's inevitable yeah it gets you what you need as a customer faster it becomes basically going down a checklist of things you want instead of things you have to buy integrate and manage and troubleshoot on your own that calls to mind best of breed versus
1: platform And there are cases where increasingly it's better to forego a best-of-breed point solution for its equivalent that comes on a platform that will get the job done. Capabilities built into the platform and the integrations and a single pane of glass and all the other pluses of the approach, it could be a lot better. Would you
2: agree with that assessment? Well, it, it depends on what you need. If there is a best-of-breed solution you absolutely can't live without, you'll find a way to make it work. On the other hand, if you've already got an integrated supplier and you're going to say, "I want that feature in my product," and they provide it for you, if it doesn't meet your needs, you're going to keep on them until it does. And your supplier had better be smart enough to know they have to optimize that offering. So it becomes it becomes inevitable that customer pressure is going to drive what you do and you know at zscaler i know one of the things i love about our company is that we pay a lot of attention to customers input and when they say we want this better we need this optimized we do go and work on that and provide it
1: one thing i noticed over the decades is this there's like a cycle that the cio seems to go through which is you, you build out you build out things get decentralized Uh, In order to shore up all the capabilities that the business is demanding, and you have all these net new projects without realizing that you're adding so many more vendors, right? Look at the Martech landscape. There's so many players promising to deliver so much to the CMO. Similarly, in cybersecurity, thousands of vendors are now battling in the same space, and more and more startups are coming about. But that seems to always the cycle of rationalization,
2: and then back to expansion, is that ever gonna end? I think that's an inevitable part of our business. New technologies emerge, some go nowhere, some gain dominance, and then they're inevitably, they have to be incorporated into what you're already doing. You can't have arbitrary growing complexity. It becomes unmanageable beyond a certain point, point. and then suddenly consolidation happens.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, we've seen it. Quite a bit from
1: data centers to servers, all the way down to where we're at today. So, from your perspective, Ken, is there is there a paradigm shift on the horizon that will finally close uh, some of these security gaps through more automation and consolidation, and just hiring more smart people to help figure this out? Or will it come down to regulations, perhaps like a Sarbanes Oxley equivalent that will be bestowed upon you know the enterprises from the SEC? Or do we treat cybersecurity as an engineering problem to be addressed
2: directly in the software design? Well, in fact, we're taking all these approaches. Regulations are interesting in that regulations then need to be enforced. How far do you want to go? Where does the government start and stop? How much is too much? How much is too little? That comes with experience, so why regulation always lags technology. At the same time, you know, in the United States, especially, we take the approach: private industry probably knows what it needs to be doing, and we encourage you to do it. And if you don't, then there'll be regulation. You know, we saw that with the uh, zero trust executive order for critical national infrastructure that happened uh, last year. It's basically said, we think private, interp- private industry can handle this and we're encouraging you to get on with it. We'd like to see your plans, but we know that we're not going to sit there and dictate any one single solution. There's a series of guidance that we give you that we'll expect you to follow because it's not good to have. Remember, a uh, Colonial Pipeline uh, couldn't bill for its gasoline. So we had shortages, we had companies unable to take delivery, we had uh, state, you know, cities on the East Coast, of the United States declaring uh, energy emergencies, because ransomware got in their system. You know, it's not good enough for the status quo. You know, in this industry, hackers are always moving ahead. For gosh sakes, I can take open source software freely downloadable off the internet, and craft brand new exploits, that can pierce firewalls. I can shut down antivirus on a machine. I don't even have to know how to hack. I just need to know how to run a script and put in a few commands and the payload's generated automatically. And it's been that way for years now. You can't just pretend that it's all okay, that I can continue taking what I bought five years ago and continue depreciating it. You'll get hacked. The cost of getting hacked is going up. The impact to your brand, the impact to your customers, the impact to their loyalty to you as a supplier, as a partner, goes down. If you're And in, in a world where managed services are starting to dominate, if it's not available, it's a big deal. Think, think about a container port it gets shut down due to ransomware. Commerce stops. Millions upon millions of dollars lost. To the companies involved in trying to move materials and cargo through those ports. There's a big price and it's getting bigger every day. You know, it's like we said, why why zero trust? You don't have to use zero trust to protect every aspect of your business, just the parts you don't want hacked.
1: Business disruption will be the key driver for any additional cybersecurity focus, right? Because it's about
2: risk and resilience. If you
1: try to protect everything, you're not going
2: to be successful. If you're a public company and you can't do business, don't you think your investors are going to want to have a word with you? How how do you go to them and say, yeah, I didn't implement zero trust and an employee randomly clicked on an email they thought was an invoice and my whole company's infected with an (laughs) ultimatum You know, once or twice, people are willing to put up with that in the market. But when it continues to happen across entire vital market segments, someone's going to say something. Someone's going to say, maybe I need to take my business elsewhere. That's when it hurts. That's when you have to act. Smart companies will do it before they reach that stage. Exactly. Instead of treating it as an afterthought, it's built in. People have choice, multiple providers. Do you want to be known as a company? Oh, yeah, them. Yeah, they were hacked again. Maybe we need to reconsider our business relationship. Well, I think that yeah, it's it's about money and it's about whether or not the business could be
1: trusted with the customer, right? So the customer will finally make the the
2: ultimate determination,
1: if not the government.
2: As a C-suite, how much is your brand worth to you? Exactly. Thank you very much. We've been
1: speaking with Dr. Ken Urquhart, Global Vice President of Five G at Zscaler.
2: Thank you for your time. You're most welcome. Thank you, everyone.
0: Thanks for listening to the CIO Evolution. Check back with your podcast provider regularly for more episodes. You can find more episodes along with other podcasts on the CXO Revolutionaries website at revolutionaries.zscaler.com. Statements by Zscaler podcasters and guests are informational only and should never be construed as legal advice. You should consult your legal advisor on matters related to you or your business. Zscaler makes no warranties, express, implied, or statutory as to the content of this podcast, and it is provided as is. Content on this podcast may contain forward-looking statements that are current as of the date of the recording and subject to change. These statements are subject to the safe harbor provisions created by the Private Securities Litigation Reform Act of 1995. legal disclaimers are available at revolutionaries.zscaler.com copyright 2021